Welcome to the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors, presented by FMG Suite. Listen to interviews with the movers, shakers, geniuses, and innovators of the financial advisory world. Visit FMGSuite.com to discover more great resources and products to transform you into an extraordinary marketer and grow your advisory. And now, without further delay, the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors. Hi, everybody. Mike Woods here, one of the founding members of FMG Suite. Welcome to the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors, presented by FMG Suite. More than 40,000 advisors rely on FMG Suite to help them stay connected, build relationships, and grow their business. Now it's your turn. Visit us at fmgsuite.com to schedule a demo so you can see our tools in action. Today I'm excited to be speaking with best-selling author Seth Green, who's the CEO and founder of the direct response marketing firm Market Domination. Seth and I have a fast-paced podcast where we discuss a wide range of subjects, from the keys to a successful podcast, to how financial advisors should use video, to measuring ROI on social media. Also, Seth really, really, really drives home the idea that advisors must continue to educate their clients about their business model. If you want to create referrals, you have to build the proper framework. On with the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors. Today, I'm excited to be joined by best-selling author Seth Green. Seth, how are you? I am fantastic. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited for an awesome show. Oh, that's great to hear. You know, I want to uh, start off by setting the stage for everyone. You're the CEO and founder of the direct response marketing firm, Market Domination. Uh, if every, I, I want to give everybody the website. Uh, it's marketdominationllc.com. Uh, please go check it out. And also, as I always say at the beginning of these podcasts, uh, if you have a browser open, open it up, open, a, open up a, a Word document, a Google Doc, and jot down some notes. Some of the information we'll be sharing here, I'm sure you'll want to recall and possibly make a blog post out of it. So, Seth, give everyone uh, the elevator pitch about your company and how it can help financial advisors. Sure. So we help grow financial advisors' practices for them. We do that in a couple different ways. Where I'm sure we're going to talk about some of them today. Um, we help we generate more referrals for them from other professional sources like accountants and attorneys. Mm -hmm. We help them. We help them generate more referrals from their existing client base. We help them generate online leads of new ideal prospective clients, and we help put more qualified folks in the seats at their seminars if they're doing seminars. Boy. Boy, you said uh, all the magic words there, um, referrals, uh, leads, and help them draw if they're putting on public events. Um, the, uh, the referrals, boy, that's the holy grail for financial advisors. You are absolutely right there. It was for me. That's why we started doing it for other people because it worked for me. Gotcha. Well, let's, uh, so that gives everybody a good idea about market domination, uh, LLC.com. Um, I want to jump into talking a little bit about podcasts, uh, what we're doing today. Uh, on your website, uh, you were, one of the things you talked about is there'll be 3 billion with a B, 3 billion podcast listeners by 2020. That is a really stunning figure. What what is driving the audience? What what's behind that trend? Uh, and, and you're expecting it to increase from one billion today to three billion in a very short period of time. Yes, what's driving that trend is the global proliferation of smartphones. Everybody's got one smart device, if not more than one, and that's and and the podcast 
Apple or whatever the pod, whatever provider you're using, the Apple the podcast interface comes as a native app on the phone. You can't delete it if you even if you want to. Right. Apple Apple now has the podcast interface coming pre-bundled in your dashboard of your car. Oh boy. Is another is right. another native app. So the next car you buy, you will have an iCar whether you like it or not. So the fact that Everyone's got a phone with the podcast app on it. And soon in the next few years, everyone will have a car with the podcast app on it is driving the global increase in podcast listeners, along with the fact that they are micro niche targeted. You know, if you wanted, if you had an advisor who was an Elvis impersonator on the side and his ideal client base was other Elvis impersonators and he was going to help them manage their money, he could not do a national radio show aimed at that target market because it would be too small and too fragmented. However, he could do a podcast for that marketplace and reach them in a really affordable manner, no matter what size that target market is. So if you think about the fact that just like there used to be three channels of television and right. now there's 500, right. there is a podcast on every target market imaginable in every city or there will be soon. Gotcha. Yeah, that's the uh, that, that really is. Um, uh first of all with cars i'm used to plugging in my iphone and having it through the cable but now if i have it on an interface with my dashboard that will make it that much easier but you know one of the things you were talking about the elvis impersonator doing that type of a podcast the trick i guess is reaching the people he wants to connect with absolutely that is something you can do affordably on a podcast that you could never do on traditional radio unless you had a large even even my advisors who do local radio shows i mean they're spending 50 to 100 grand a year on their radio show trying to reach maybe 50,000 people in their city they could do a podcast i mean jesus for less than 10% of that cost sure. and still reach the same people right Right. How, as you're doing a podcast, what, what is one of the keys? What is one of the tricks to standing out in the crowd? How do you, how do you, how do you target that right group? Sure. It all comes down to identifying who that ideal client is and mm -hmm. making the show for that niche. So I would not advise anyone to do a show about every baby boomer with money, which right. because it's too broad a market and it's not a niche enough, they don't have anything in common. But if you wanted to do a podcast for Republican hunters in your city with money, there might only be a couple hundred or a couple thousand of them, but they would be rabidly passionate about your show and easy to reach. Right. You know, it's interesting. I, I watch uh, CNBC's Shark Tank and uh, uh, they spend quite a bit of time with that. I, I was watching the other night and there was a, a person who was talking about coffee and had a new coffee idea. And he was saying, 80% of the 300 million people in the United States drink coffee. And, and they and they said, that's not your target market. You've got to really define it a lot better. So as, as easy it is to say it, I think for it's, it's harder to define. Absolutely. But I, we have a process we go through with our advisors, a series of questions we ask them that dig down deep into their existing client base, who they like working with the most, who refers the most, who pays the most, who stays the longest, who they would want to hang out with in their spare time to determine who that ideal target market is. And we find most advisors are surprised that if you ask them who their target market is, everybody says baby boomers with money. If right. we narrow it down very specifically, they're like, wow, that really is who I want. And if I could go just have a practice of those people, I'd be in heaven. Gotcha. So is that, would you say, was that one of, one of the keys to being successful with your podcast, to go through your client base and to see who you like working with and then target that group? 
absolutely. Or the group of professionals that can get you to those people. So if you were trying to reach doctors, good luck cold calling, knocking on doors and trying to get past the three receptionists, the gatekeepers and the nurses. Um, But if you did a podcast and interviewed their accountants, their lawyers, their malpractice insurance professionals, you could get to them that way. Yeah. You mentioned something on your website, just where, where um, uh, you were talking about if you, if you look at your practice and you have a a divorced women are part of your practice, well, who do they need to work with? They need to work through attorneys and having, having a podcast with those attorneys would help draw more of more of that potential client base out. That is absolutely right. We have a client who's done exactly that um, work. You know, it's funny. The first person who they tell about a divorce isn't their divorce attorney. It's actually their hairstylist. <laughs> so when we suggested get hairstylist on the show, she said, I don't I mean, I get that they get told first. I don't see how that's going to work. But then when the hairstylist started talking about being on the show, every time a woman sat in their chair and said, I'm thinking about getting divorced, they said, oh, my God, you got to listen to this woman's show. I was just on and her practice blew up. Isn't that fascinating? So it really is. Uh, it 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 really is asking the right questions and having um having a, having someone like yourself coach people through it because I you know as as it people may listening may be thinking well that sounds relatively straightforward and simple enough but but there's a lot of magic in uh, uh, having done this over time and seeing those types of trends they don't they're 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 obvious in hindsight. Absolutely. And we've broken that system about 79 times. So we figured out all the ways to everything that can go wrong, all the kinks in that process. So if you follow our process, we've made all the mistakes that you're about to make so that we can make sure you avoid them. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that's awesome. Hey, uh, I wanted to switch gears. You know, uh, I I talk about your website a lot, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, MarketDominationLLC.com. Um, you have a video on the homepage. In fact, you have videos throughout the site and FMG, uh, really the key to our, one of the keys to our success over the years was building videos and building motion graphic videos and coaching advisors through it. Uh, let's, let's get an idea. Let's talk about financial advisors and how they can use video. Absolutely. I think in this day and age, video is an absolute must. And if you don't have it, you're going to be left behind, which is why advisors need companies like FMG. So video is a way for the prospect to get to know you, like you, and trust you before they ever meet you. Mm-hmm. So instead of having that normal first meeting of who are you, why should I talk to you, how long you've been in business, why do you do this, um, how can you help me, they can do all of that via video. And when they walk in the door, literally people come into our office every day and say, I feel like I already know you. I virtually, I've met your wife. I've seen your kids. I know mm. all about your life and the sports and the hobbies that your kids play and, and how you got into the business. And I can't wait to work. I mean, we basically eliminated our first appointment through the use of video. Gotcha. Yeah, it's 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 that uh, build rapport, demonstrate integrity, and persuade. It seems like the building rapport and showing integrity part of that RIP formula video can help out quite a bit with. Absolutely, I think it is a no brainer, and. You don't need a fancy studio anymore. I We literally have advisors who have million-dollar practices who have done all the videos on their self, on their iPhones. Sure. So you don't need fancy editing software. They should obviously have video done by professionals for the credibility piece done by a firm like yours. However, the get to know you videos, the daily, you know, putting something up every week on YouTube or putting it on social media. I mean, the Facebook lives, I mean, they can do that in a couple of minutes on their phone is a way to help build their presence, um, which obviously should be cornered by, you know, professional videos from FMG. 
Gotcha, gotcha. Now, the the financial advisors you work with, let's let's uh, let's talk about the eight hundred pound gorilla uh, compliance. How do you coach them with the video and and working through their compliance teams? Sure. So whether it's a podcast or a video, the good news is. Um, We've written for, I've been doing this 12 years uh, mm -hmm. and still a practicing advisor for 20. So we've dealt with probably hundreds of different compliance departments over the last 12 years. We've learned which ones are more paranoid, which ones are more liberal. And we found that if you write the script the right way in advance, um, you shouldn't have too much. Your compliance department obviously won't give you that much of a hard time. I, obviously, you can't make a stock recommendation. You can't make a product recommendation. You sure. can't talk about Jackson's new variable annuity, whiz bang, living benefit. Right. But right. as long as they are conceptual, um, we found most firms are amenable to that as long as, again, as long as they're approved in advance. Right. A video, uh, very much like a public appearance as, as uh, compliance would look at it. Uh, so they expect you to stay very close to the script. Uh, but if the script is not going into great detail on, like you said, products or some specific service, um, generally it's, uh, it, there's going to be a little wide latitude with it, with a compliance review, but, but you're encouraging people to definitely get it looked at before they would commit to doing the video. I am not a compliance attorney and I do not play one on TV. Gotcha. <laughs> So I can't give anybody legal advice. Sure. If your firm wants you to get things approved before you do them, then you should follow their process. If your firm is willing to let you do stuff, shoot first and ask questions later, okay. then let me know where you are and I'll talk to you about your back office. I don't know, Seth. I think you could play a compliance officer on TV. I think you could a compliance attorney. Uh, I don't say no enough. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I chuckled when I read a quote on your website that said, uh, uh, I've been growing this marketing company for 10 years. When my brother-in-law asked my wife what she thought about my company, she said, or what, what she thought my company did, she said, Facebook and podcasts, all those hours about, uh, of talking about work. And that's all she remembered. So 10 plus years of telling my wife wasn't enough. Do you really think you're going to be able to get your message out to prospects? with one boring brochure or one email e-newsletter and think they will get it. Uh, boy, that was a, that was a, that, that was a good moment. I, I, like I said, I chuckled with that because I, 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 I think about financial advisors and them getting the message out and do, do people even know what a financial advisor is? How do you, how do you coach people through that? It's so funny because I'll give you an even better moment. My mother went up to um, somebody at our synagogue and said, I heard that this person is in mark. I heard you were in marketing now. And the guy said, yes. And she said, you should talk to my son. He does some marketing. <laughs> <laughs> Number six rated podcast in the country, seven books, you know, three awards, been an in ink and Forbes, but we do some marketing. <laughs> so, so you are absolutely right. Nobody, we assume that prospective clients know what a financial advisor does. We assume that everybody's got one and they know what they do. And that is not necessarily true. They may know one product from the advisor they have now, and they may think a financial advisor is just an insurance guy because that's sure. all they know. Right. Or he's a mutual fund guy because that's what their guy does. But they may not realize you offer 27 other different services that can help them make smart choices with their money. And you're absolutely right. One email, one brochure, one seminar invitation is never going to be enough to get that message across of everything you do. You're going to have to drip on them relentlessly until they either hire you or tell you to go away. Sure. Yeah, I think sometimes financial advisors, they get a little a little gun shy and uh, between the 
you know, the, 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 how much information is being sent to them, either through their home office, by them, other types of campaigns. But uh, uh, how do you come back to that? How do, you, how do you look at that from your perspective? Is it, is, is it uh, as you said, is the best approach to wait till they cry uncle? Absolutely. We have a marketing campaign going right now that literally touches people, I believe, every two days mm -hmm. for an entire year. And the number of people who have opted out of that campaign is less than 10%. Everybody else has stayed in it and we get clients every single month from it. So you can't touch them too much. And if you do, they'll let you know, but more often than not, um, whatever envelope the advisor thinks they're pushing is not anywhere near their prospects threshold for dripping. Gotcha. Yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, wrapping that in the context of uh, referrals, which uh, your firm works with uh, uh, advisors on. Uh, if a person if if a person doesn't understand what a financial advisor does, it, it puts them at a disadvantage to actually referring someone. How, how do you how do you help them? How do you help an advisor get that message consistent and piece it all together? Sure. So the it's not the the client's fault; it's the advisor's fault because we as advisors don't communicate what referrals we want. And we don't train our, our clients in how they should make that introduction. So a lot of times they'll wonder why they don't get more referrals. But when was the last time you were at a cocktail party and someone brought up their financial advisor and how mad they were? Nobody wants to admit that. Sure. And then you said, well, I got a great advisor for you. Um, it never happens, right? So you've got to teach your clients how to introduce you um, one of the best ways uh, that we found is if is, is if you've written a book or had a book written for you, where instead of saying, hey, your advisor sucks and you should talk to my guy, you can say, hey, my advisor wrote a book on that topic. Do, do you want me to say, have him send you a copy? All of a sudden, uh -huh. that's a much more lower hanging fruit. It's less threatening than you should go to his seminar or you should go to a meeting with him. Sure. Sure. It's kind of uh, uh, it, it, it helps with the introduction where it's a where it's a very. Um, a harmless introduction. Yeah, it's a harmless. Yeah. You can read the book, you can take a highlight of it, but you could get introduced through viewing them actually uh, as an expert, which uh, every financial advisor wants to be seen as. Absolutely. And it's much better than, hey, do you want to go meet my financial advisor at his office where he's going to try and sell you something? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, interesting. The uh, uh, the referrals, um, there, are, uh, there are so many approaches and I've always considered that the Holy grail for, uh, financial advisors, because some, some actually will say, Hey, I, I don't necessarily want referrals because they may refer somebody to me who's, who might not be a great client. Um, uh, but, but since they're a referral and they're a good client, I have to work with them. How do you, how do you help, how do you help advisors weed through that? Or is, is that just a natural process and evolution of getting into the referral business? No, I disagree completely. I think if you teach your clients who you want them to refer you to gotcha. and how you want them to make the introduction, it'll solve that problem. We have a program that you, our internal marketing machine that touches the clients 31 times a year without counting any review meetings or investment recommendations. And we found every quarter our advisors are getting a significant number of the right referrals because part of that program is teaching the clients how to refer and who they want. So if they have a deadbeat brother-in-law who makes, who has a $5,000 IRA, don't send them my way. But hey, if Joe at work is about to retire and has been there 30 years and is sitting on a million dollar, you know, is sitting on a sure. decent size 401, you know, it has a 401k. Right, right. That's probably a much better referral. Gotcha. You got to teach them who you want. 
That's fascinating, and that's the secret sauce that your firm helps people with, because uh, that has been uh, one of the the biggest challenges for financial advisors over the years is to uh, get that get that message out, and so they can get a steady stream of referrals that they want to work with. Absolutely, you've got, just like you've got to define who is your ideal client, you've got to define who is your ideal referral, and then tell the people who can connect you to that person. Gotcha. And with the advent of social media today, it's really easy to do that. Right. Right. You can see who your clients' friends are on Facebook. You can see who their colleagues are on LinkedIn and say, hey, can you introduce me to Joe? Right, right. And it, uh, it, does, it gets back to that you've already, by knowing those people, you've built a little bit of rapport. You've already started down the integrity route. Uh, so there's quite a bit of, you're, you're, you're helping people along. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Well, let's finish, the, uh, let's finish the podcast today with talking a little bit about social media. Um, uh, I'm... I, 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 it's Gary Vaynerchuk, is that correct? Gary Vaynerchuk. Vaynerchuk, yes. yeah. He's uh, one of the the owner of one of the fastest growing ad agencies. Uh, on your website, he said that uh, uh, he expects clients to spend big bucks, but he says don't expect any results for the first three months. Um, give give us give our listeners kind of a process with social media, what they should expect, how they should view it, and uh, why it takes really such a period of time for it to grow root. Okay. So I'm going to put a disclaimer on Gary's statement because okay. I happen to know him. Um, and he's charging fortune 500 company, Vayner media, his company is charging fortune 500 companies, 50 to a hundred thousand dollars a month in retainer. Um, and then telling them not to expect anything for three months, which buys them plenty of fudge factor time to get things dialed in. Sure. I would tell you, you're not spending, hopefully, nowhere near that much money, and you're not trying to reach a national audience. You're in a local town, a local city, trying to reach a local market, which costs way less and takes a lot less time. So I would tell them social media is not social at all. Social media networks, Facebook, LinkedIn, they're ad agencies. They only make money, Facebook only makes money serving advertisements to its users. They don't make any money off their billions of users. They make money from advertisers like you, me, and the advisors listening to this running ads in front of those users. So if you think about it, they're an ad agency. If you will give them money, you can get results tomorrow. So for example, we have an advisor who just came on board with us literally less than a week, a week and a half ago, who didn't even have a Facebook fan page, which is normally not our bread and butter. That's not our ideal client, but he was, he met our criteria in other ways. So we got up a Facebook fan page in a very short period of time and started running ads to grow his fan base of his ideal clients. Um, it's been 48 hours. He's got 40 of his ideal clients have already fanned, liked his page. And then obviously we're going to put some zeros on the end of that number. And then when his online marketing funnel is finished in the next week or two, we're going to start driving them there to get his sexy lead magnet that we created for him. But I would tell you, as long as you are willing to pay money to target the right people on social media, you can get results a heck of a lot faster. Gotcha. Fascinating. Um, that And, and what, aside from the obvious, working with your firm, how does someone come up to speed on that? How does someone know the rules of that game? I mean, there are a ton of professed social media gurus, including sure. Gary, Gary. There are a number of in our industry. There are plenty of books on the topic. I would say conceptually, one of the best, the book, first book anyone should read on the topic is Gary Vaynerchuk's book, Jab, 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 Right Hook. Uh, it does a uh -huh. great, great way of illustrating the concept, giving 
hundreds of case studies of businesses and results they have gotten and examples that he picked. So I think that's a great place to start. And then it's got, no one's going to do it who's listening to this, but if you're going to be a significant advertiser on Facebook, you should actually read their terms of service so that you make sure you don't actually break any of the rules because they change them like every week. Yes. So yes. it's very important to stay on top of that because you may have a campaign that worked great last week and this week gets shut down and you don't know why, because you didn't know they changed anything. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, uh, uh Facebook, Twitter, Twitter, LinkedIn are, uh, uh, constantly changing the rules of service and changing their algorithms too, to, uh, keep everybody who's using them on their toes. Absolutely. Which is why it, it can be a full-time job and why we have an office building full of people who their job is staying on top of all of that. Right. Right. So there you go. So, uh, uh, listeners, there you go. Uh, if you feel like it's a tough game, it is. Uh, Seth Green would agree with you. Seth, I can't thank you enough for your time today. This is perfect. I greatly appreciate being here. It's always a pleasure to, uh, educate and entertain your listeners and your viewers. And we are happy to share. Awesome. Well, appreciate it. Uh, again, listeners, it's marketdominationllc.com. Check it out. It was a real fun website for me to pop through. I think you guys will feel the same. Seth, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Market Emotion podcast for financial advisors. If you found this episode informative, please share with your peers and colleagues. Visit fmgsuite.com to discover more great resources and products to transform you into an extraordinary marketer and grow your advisory. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox.